0: So, at this time, I've asked uh, a few of the members here to be willing to share. I think we'll start with Harv first, if he'd be willing to come up here and share for us.
1: This is just in case I mess up, then the other ones can have fun when they're up here. So, uh, I have to say one thing is that it's great to see. A functioning family that if a member is gone you can still carry on with what you need to do to to worship God. So ask me to share uh, testimony so I looked it up you know just so I know what I was talking about and, and uh, it's what Christians like to talk about their journey so it's not just a start point it's and our journey is continuing today. Like today is, is part of my journey, my walk with God. And you guys are all part of it. So you're in my album of my journey. So I can go back and I can say, what did I get from the, how did they glorify God that, that helped me? And so, so I thought, well, where do I want to start? And I said, well, I'll just start with today. Because if I go back, then I'll probably start crying and stuff. And you don't want to do that because it'll get water all over the, the thing. But, but I think that we have to remember with our walk with God that not only are you helping me, but I'm, I believe that we're helping each other. When we're down and out or we need that reassurance, That you're there or during happy times and good times. It doesn't have to be sad. Like a lot of people think that their testimony, they got things that are sad in it. That's just a growth factor, I think. Now, this is your cowboy hat may wear differently than mine. You notice I didn't copy Mike with his mileage, may vary. And I do miss him. You gotta. But anyway, I thought, what could I add to this? glorious day that we're all together as families, you know, can I, uh, and I look around and I see that everybody here has a different album that they're developing with their walk with, with God, everybody does, and, and and it's a growth factor, And and I look back at Ken and Miss B, their album is the fullest so far, because they've been walking with God a long time. And so it's good that we reflect back or we we think of the elders in in God that that we can glean from them things that'll help us through the sad times. Because naturally you're going to be there for the good times, because you always want somebody to, to be around you. But during those bad times, and I hope I'm not rambling, but I just want this is my walk, so I'll talk about it. I think during the, the bad times, we seem to want to hold it in and even be stingy towards giving it, to like uh, beautiful music in know. By the way, Bill, you did really well. It kind of led into this. That, that we have to remember the first person, the per- first thing that you do is when, you're, when you wake up in the morning, if you think about God and Jesus and your walk, it's going to make the whole day easier, for me it is, a whole day easier. So I'm going to cut this as short as I can, but because <clears throat> I have so much to say. So I've been thinking since Bonnie had told me that Larry had asked if I could share just a few things, and what do I really want to remember is is, is two things. Is One is all the good time, but I want to remember those bad times that, God saved me. So with me, I always carry um, a list of my fallen friends that didn't come back. I didn't don't want to turn this into a, a whatever, but you have to remember some of the bad things and how God got you through them. And this, I, I have this by my bedside, once in a while, if I wake up in the morning and I feel like, you know what, life is just crappy or something, and I say, no, life is good and God is good to me. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Harp, for sharing. Uh, Don, would you like to come up right now?
2: Good morning, everyone. Um, when I first, when Larry first asked me to uh, share a little bit, I thought, "What would I talk about?" And I thought about talking about the grace of God. And so last night I was preparing to look up a few things and, um, and about the grace. And as I go down to the bottom of our stairs, there's a sign, and it says, "The will of God will never take." Uh, take you where the grace of God will not protect you. And I, I thought real quick I should talk about the will of God also. So uh, this, this will be a little bit of, like Harvey said in our walk and our journey, we have to wor- learn a little bit about the will of God. And do we listen to the will of God? Sometimes I don't think I always do. Um... You know, um, as Mike used to say, sometimes when you think you have the will of God, it could be the enchilada or the pizza from last night. So you, you have to look at the answers or the questions and, and find out if you really are, um, you know, doing the will of God. And so I looked at the Bible and for an answer, and... We had been studying, we'd studied uh, Ephesians a while back, and Ephesians 5 15 and 17 gave us a little answer, so I'll read it to you here real quick. Let's get to the right page. Be very careful on how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord will is. So, you have to understand what the uh, the will of God is. And then later in Ephesians, in that same chapter, he gives some examples. They give some examples of what you should be looking for. Um, Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with with psalms, hymns, and songs, which we did this morning, um, from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, Father, for everything in his name of of our Lord Christ, Jesus Christ. So, everything in God and praise. Everything. And Like I said, I don't always think uh, I know the will of God, but sometimes I I do listen. And, oh, it's been almost a year. Um, Clay will remember this. A while back, uh, uh, Pastor Mike was called to do a memorial service after church. And I got the great feeling that he needs some support. So I went to this memorial service, not to a... um, gentleman that came, or a young man that came to our church a couple of times and it was a very tough uh, memorial service um, and I didn't go so much for the young man even though I was listening but to support Mike and I felt that it was something that was the will of God to help other times I, I listened but don't always hear the, the will of God so Many, many years ago, I went to a men's retreat, a men's family retreat. Uh, it was a uh, criseo It's something to do with the Episcopal Church a little bit, but we were Presbyterians, and our church was involved. And uh, the men go one week, the women go the second week. And it was very, it's a very uh, spirit-filled weekend, and I felt very led. So the next time they had a Criscio, I helped, I volunteered to help. And became a, uh, a, what they call a cook, even though I didn't help cook. I um, served snacks and things like that. And during that period, um, a lot of things happened. And the head cook, who was going to be the rector the next time, asked me to to do a, they gave little speeches and things like that to explain basics of of Christianity, to give a talk on grace. And... I said, great, I'll do that the next time we have it. Well, that didn't work out. I didn't give it. Um, had to do with work. Um, couldn't get off of time. And again, was that my will or the will of God uh, that I was going against? So uh, his name was Steve, and he was very, he was very gracious to me. And he said, uh, I called him up. I said, I just can't get, work it out with work. And he says, and I remember the words exactly. He said, don't sweat, don't sweat the little stuff, and it's all little stuff. So don't, he gave me a, a big out. When I should have probably tried to figure out how to work around work and, and still do what, to talk about grace. So I guess this morning I'm going to finish my little bit and talk about grace even though this is many, many years ago. So Webster's, so I looked it up, Webster's definition of grace, and it's quite different than what the book of uh, the Bible says. Webster says, uh, grace is seemingly effortless beauty, charm, and ease of movement, proportion or form. Nothing, what the Bible says of God's grace. And it's completely different. So it, in the Bible it says, uh, it's mentioned, I looked it up, there's 126 times it's in the Bible, grace. But only seven times in the Old Testament. And 119 in the New Testament. And it, it's, um, in the Old Testament, when they talk about grace, it's a lot in proverbs, um, I think six out of the seven it's more towards Webster's definition than what we think of god's grace and in isaiah they do it does talk isaiah twenty six ten I believe it is they do talk about giving grace to your enemies but and that's more in the grace of the bible that are well that's more in the New Testament so they uh again back in Ephesians. I went back to the Bible to look up grace, to see what some of the grace is. And one of the, the ones I like out quite a bit is Ephesians 2.8. And it says, For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, this is, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. So grace it's it's a real gift the real gift of god and part of the the subnotes of the footnotes of it uh, they define grace as and mike has always said un, um unmerited favor is one of them god's kindness is another and forgiving love so we are not we are blessed to not have to ask um about for our grace because when we, we in the secular world, world you know they have grace as meaning something completely different like uh giving a grace period on your bills that's not i just got a note from my uh, uh bank that says if you you know overdraw your account we'll give you a grace period but it's oh and for only 25 dollars more a month We'll let you do this, or a one-time fee of 25. Everybody has ever said, you know, oh, give me some grace, please. You know, that, in the secular world, we got to ask, basically ask for grace. Or it's not given freely. And God's grace is given freely. We never have to ask for it, never. It's always given. It's a gift from God. So, that's my uh, one last little thing I want to read. And it's, about, it's about, um, about our saving and salvation. It goes back to some of the original sin. it's in Romans uh, 5, and it's 15, 15 through 20. Let me read it to you. But the gift is not like the trespass, for as many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one's man's sins. The judgment followed one's sin and brought commendation. But the gift followed by trespass and brought justification. For it is by trespass of the one man, death, resigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in Christ's lives through one man, Jesus Christ. Consequently, just as one trespasses resulted in condemnation for all people, so also the one righteous act is is justification of life for all people. For just as though the disobedience of the one man, the men where were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the, that many may be righteous. The law was brought into, brought in so that trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So what that means to me is that God's grace is infinitely greater for the good, for good, that Adam sinned for evil, and that all goes back to Ephesians two, eight. Again, and I read it again. If I can get to it, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your, this is, not from yourself. It is the gift of God. And I thank every day for that gift of God. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Don. Could I get Ken to come up here to share? There's time. Hey, we got all day. Maybe not. Come on.
3: Um, this has been some time since I've done this. So please excuse the mistakes, if I can. Um, I was thinking about though uh, today about our relationship with our Lord, and He is with us today. He is always with us. I'd like to start with Job. Uh, Job nineteen. I'll read the little portion of the Scripture. Uh, Job. He has quite a history of i'll say failures a lot of things that were hard on him but here is a portion that job says oh that my words were written oh that they were inscribed in a book that they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and lead forever for i know that my redeemer lives and he shall stand at the last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and not, and my eyes shall behold and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Could we be like Job here with that desire of being with our Lord and Savior? also like to give another one in John 14. It's one you're very familiar with. John 14, starting with verse 1, says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and a lot of them it's just abodes or place of dwelling. If it were not so, I would have told you. Then it says, I go to prepare a place for you. And I believe that the place that he was preparing for us is his life on the cross where he died for us. He shed his blood on our behalf. And he goes on to say then, and if I go, I prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. We have that hope of having eternity with our Savior. Um, a couple more here in Titus, <clears throat> like Titus chapter two. Titus is always one gives me trouble finding. Sorry, <laughs> Titus two and verses thirteen and fourteen. It's saying there, in looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. We're special people to him. You know, it's great to know the position we have. Then I have just um, a couple things here. Psalms. I'd like to go to Psalms chapter 27, and and what I'm sharing in this portion is really verses that I enjoy in in life, if I may. I'd like to give them to you, and also a a portion of a hymn here. Uh, 27 and verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the lord and to inquire in his temple i just think that's our goal you know that we be with him and to look to him for all that he has done for us and then um a lot of you know uh, the hymn emmanuel's land uh the author of that i don't think too much of in a sense it's sort of sad what I've read some of the things about but, but the words are from the Lord I have to say I, it just doesn't the person that wrote it and the words just don't go together to me but this is what I'd like to read to you the bride eyes not her garment but her dear bridegroom's face I will not gaze at glory but on my king of grace not at the crown he gave, giveth me but on his pierced hand, the lamb is all the glory in Emmanuel's land. And that's our hope. will be with him for eternity again.
0: Thanks, Ken. Uh, I've got one more person. Uh, Clay, would you like to come up and share?
4: thanks to you guys that came before me and as i was you know knowing what i was going to share and reflecting on what you were saying it was the um the concept of just the mystery of god and what we can understand as the you know the mystery and especially if you think about trying to explain these things that have been mentioned to non-believers, you know, to them it's like unbelievable. But to to us, you know, we still uh, have to accept by faith. And in that, you know, God has revealed certain things to us, but there's still that mystery involved. Like Don said, grace by faith. I mean, that... There's there's mystery in that because the extent of that grace and the nature of faith are like things that we as believers can't even fully grasp. You know that's still beyond our understanding. And uh, as you know, as Ken said, you know that he is always with us, and that we're special people. I mean, there's just you know a a such a deep uh, truth to that, that it's really, you know, it's beyond our understanding, and, you know, someday it will be fully revealed to us. But my my message is a continuation of the last time I shared, and that was when Mike and uh, Don and Pat, I think, were in Hawaii. So I'm sure Mike would rather be in Hawaii right now than... At home, you know, under a blanket or whatever he is, but it comes from the some excerpts i 'm going to share from you from this book called "Abiding in Christ" by Andrew Murray, who wrote in the eighteen hundreds I believe and so uh, i 'll share a few things with you, kind of as a basis, he says. That towards the end of Jesus' life, as part of his final instructions, he commanded his disciples to abide in me, John 15, 4. Jesus was going to leave earth physically, but he intended for their normal daily experience to be rooted in his ongoing presence. The Christian life is meant to be a life of perpetual connection with the Almighty. So why is it so hard for For us to keep this command. Um, Well first you know many believers. The gospel has been reduced to you know a ticket to go to heaven when we die. Um, The gospel was never meant to become only a reprieve from the grave. uh, Only a transaction to secure us heaven we may actually miss the abundant life that God intended for us, both now and forever. Another barrier is that many of us get stuck thinking that communion with God hinges on us doing the right things or being in the right place. We think it depends on us. The Old Testament provides a framework for this uh, way of thinking. But God, through the death and resurrection of his son, Initiated a rebirth that sweeps believers into union with Christ. The realities of the Old Testament are no longer the realities of people who have come into Jesus. There is not one more work we must do. We must only yield ourselves more fully to the work he has done on our behalf. It wasn't a life of striving but of abiding abiding is about staying permanently intimately constantly united with jesus this life is nothing but giving up yourself to be ruled taught and led by jesus and so to rest in the arms of everlasting love Rest in the completed work of Christ, and in doing so, grow in expectation for what God can do in and through and as you abide in him. So his first, oh, by the way, this is uh, 31 excerpts, so it's really kind of a devotional, I guess you'd say, and so I've been through it a number of times, and as I do that, I have You know this this uh, study has allowed me to realize that as Ken said you know Jesus is always with us and so in moments of fear or anxiousness or distress or loneliness or or even joy and uh, gratitude you know I can just I can having studied his uh, truths you know that he backs up in scripture it's allowed me to really kind of be able to summons God's presence by just the simple act of submitting and seeking that God will abide in me and he says in Matthew 11 28 come to me John fifteen four abide in me. So, um, there's many things I outlined to share with you, but I think that uh, well, I think that that's enough. <laughs> so, would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for the uh, magnitude of your, your love for us and the magnitude of your grace and your presence and your love for us. And so we're thankful that you abide in us and we abide in you. And so, Lord, remind us at the times of need and the times of thanksgiving and gratitude that it's your presence in us. And it's through that one man that Don mentioned, Jesus. And it's not about understanding and a knowledge of him, but rather a presence and a union with him. Lord, so we, we seek that in you, and we thank you for it, and the great uh, privilege it is to be called your children. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you, Clay. Well, I think we're going to conclude the service with the reading of the Apostles' Creed. It's in your bulletin. And we'll just read it all together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, Who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He ascended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of s- the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Have a blessed week, everyone.